your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Joe DiBiase, and I just found out that The Bachelor played football at Wake Forest. Oh, you just found that out? That's old news, kid. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Jordan Hanskin, and uh, yeah, Wake Forest's Bachelor U. Um, but I I was going to say that I'm going to be an expert at betting uh, hockey this year. At betting I'm going to try to make hockey my niche betting sport. Yeah. Well, that is good because I remember we're going last to... year I did it a little bit and mm-hmm. I was like wild. It was by far my best sport, which is bizarre because I didn't know much about the, I didn't know as much about the NHL as I would like to last year. That... You know, I haven't gotten the video game in a while. That <laughs> that is strange. That by the way, that acts, that's how I used to know the rosters too. Was the video game? That's strange exactly. though because I feel like hockey notoriously is the hardest bet, uh, sport to bet because there's so much luck involved, you know, and like bounces one way or another. And it, the fact that there's you a were feel doing, for the game. Yeah, your gut. You got to go with the gut. Uh, that's you know good though. Was? I think it was. It was. Uh, I think I bet the Flyers a lot at home. <laughs> Oh, where Carter Hart was like the best goaltender of all time, basically. Yeah. yeah. So I think I figured it out. Yeah, there was a there was a cheat code there with Carter Hart. That's good though because I we have a recurring segment uh, sponsored by BetOnline.ag that is in the works. Our our good sponsor, uh, BetOnline, which we've already gone through lines a bunch. So that that's good. If you're if you're gonna be hot on the trail of these betting odds this year, then. That's good news because I think we're going to be talking about them a little bit more in the future. On today's episode, our final East Division preview, Mass Mutual East Division preview, whatever that league wants you to do. (laughs) Uh, The New Jersey Devils, our final team, former Sabres head coach Lindy Ruff, head head coaching the Devils this season and uh, hopefully beyond for him because there's some records that I want to throw out that uh, I think Lindy can catch, probably not this year, but maybe by next year should he get to a second season. So we'll talk about Lindy, we'll talk about the Devils, and the one team that most Sabre fans assume will finish behind the Sabres in the standings, at the very least one. And then some stuff at practice today as well. New lines with a couple of injuries. So that could throw a wrench into what the opening night lineup looks like. So we'll talk about that. Let's start with some news stuff, though, real quick. Uh, just a couple of minor things. Marcus Foligno signs a three-year deal in Minnesota for $3.1 million per year. And that trade, that trade's gone pretty well, you know, for Minnesota and for the Sabres. It's, I wouldn't really call it a slam dunk win for either side, but you look back and it was Marcus Foligno and Tyler Ennis for Marco Scandella and Jason Pominville. I would say, you know, Sabres got one one and a half good years out of Scandella and a fourth round pick for him. They got two good years out of Pominville. And then Minnesota, they, they bought out Ennis, so kind of throw him out the window in this. But they're they're still working on a good third line minutes for Felino. So I think it's a pretty even trade when you look back on it for, for both sides. Yeah, it's kind of a non factor for both teams, like I would say long term. Uh, you know, Felino, decent third line player, but what is what does that mean when you're Minnesota and you're kind of like dropping off to the middle of the pack here? Um, the bottom of the bottom of the pack. Yeah, Maybe now, someone, now, they're, who's getting, now they're getting they're getting to bad point. Yeah, now they're now they're starting yeah. to fall off even more. Um, whereas, yeah, the Sabers Palmville was 
good. They probably should have signed him again. Uh, we've we've been over this many times. Uh, and Scandella, I mean, Sabres, Bottero got absolutely worked uh, yes, in trades <laughs> with Scandella. So, yeah. Um, yeah, kind of just like, it seems like it's like not, you wouldn't call it lose-lose because like the both teams have had productive it's, players. Out yeah. Of it. It's just like, it's like, it's like, it's like meh. It's like meh, meh. Is what yeah, that train right. was. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> sure. Um, what's the best memory or moment for Marcus Felino in a Sabre uniform? Is it the the scrum goal where he's going at it with Mike Commissaric, or is it flipping his hair before he gets in a fight? I liked I think he did was it his <laughs> first goal where he did the his dad's celebration? Oh, the jump. Yeah, the jump. That's a good one. Yeah. So a fan favorite, Marcus Felino. Not just because he was from here either. I think people forget even that he was from here, probably. Yeah, uh, because he had of, that stretch had. where they were he was on the best line on the team. Oh uh, yeah, it was Ennis at center with Stafford and Felino. And <laughs> yeah. then he played with Eichel a lot too. So he was always in the top six for the Sabres. So good on him. Good that he's having a career over there in Minnesota. And uh hopefully, you know, he's not gonna be on a bad team forever. But I think that could be coming for them. Uh, and then Gary Bettman with announcing the Lake Tahoe outdoor games, which we've spent time on when it was reported. So we don't need to get back into that really too much here. Uh, he announced that yesterday. And within that press conference, I just wanted to pick this out of it. He says, and I, I want to know your thoughts on this. Cause I go back and forth on whether he's telling the truth here or he's just lying right to our faces. Gary Bettman says that the NHL is losing more money by opening their doors and playing this season compared to if they had just shut it down. And I want to think he is completely full of it because Gary Bettman, for his career as a commissioner, he is about the bottom line. He is about that dollar figure at the end of the day. But at the same time, I, I th- there has to be a moral compass at some level, right? That you would, every other sports league is going, you're not going to be the only one that says we're not playing. So I, I can't decide whether I believe him or not. Okay, I, my theory is he's telling the truth, but it's it's the classic Bettman move, is that he wants to make it seem like he's doing this great favor to the players and the fans. Like it's, I think he is. Mm-hmm. I bet if you if you if you took the numbers and you brought in an accountant and said how much mo- how much more would we make would we make any more if we didn't mm-hmm. do anything, or would we would we lose less if we didn't do anything? And the accountant might say, yeah by probably a small amount. Um, and I think, but Batman's just, he's grandstanding because he wants next CBA. He's always looking at the next CBA and he's like, how can I, how can I penny pinch him? Well, remember we, we <laughs> saved you, we saved you that lockout year. We didn't make you, we didn't lock you out for that. And like, it's this classic. That was my Batman. I think it's pretty bad. I love it. <laughs> I, I think you should do a whole show in it. But no one wants to hear that. You think I I think people would love to hear it. Um, I indeed would. I I think that could be right. It could. Yeah. It's it's like a short term versus long term outlook uh, type of thing. I I don't know. He's such a weasel that I just I never know what I want to believe or not. All right. So that just a couple of the news items there. Uh, News items pertaining to the Sabres. They sent four players down to Rochester as we near the end of roster cuts. And we might have actually reached its end because of the taxi squad. So the Sabres have sent 
Artur Rutzelainen, Andrew Ogilvie, and then defenseman Jacob Bryson and Matias Samuelson down to Rochester. So the end of the Rutzelainen dream playing in Buffalo to start the year, although that was trending that way for really over a week. So not a surprise. Hopefully, I hope that he gets here at some point this season and is able to improve the skills that he has. Um, otherwise, he's going to be heading back to Europe probably pretty soon. Um, and then a couple of injuries. Curtis Lazar did not practice. Kyle Poso left the ice early with at practice. And that might make it much more likely that Dylan Cousins is going to be in the opening night lineup. He skated on a line that was centered by Riley Sheehan with Cousins on one wing and Jeff Skinner on the other. And I don't think that that line would get big minutes. And it's kind of a weird line because all three players present something different. You've got a young player with upside. You've got a goal scorer you're trying to get more out of. And then you've got just a, a veteran you brought off the street to kill penalties. So it's a strange line, but I would be intrigued to see it if uh, it should make it to opening night. Yeah. Um, the whole, my big thing with Skinner was if he's in the top, if he's in the bottom six, I think it, I demand that he plays with Dylan Cousins. I think it doesn't make any sense to ever put Skinner and Cousins away from each other because I think that, that those two, like that's a, that's exactly what you would want if you're thinking of Skinner in the bottom six. I think Skinner should be in the top six. Um, but if you are going to put him there, you got to put him at least with some talent. Right. And Cousins, I think you need to put him with a player that can score. Otherwise, you're just kind of like, I think you're messing with their brains to be honest. Like, I think it doesn't make any sense. Like um, you, your goal should be to have three solid lines and a checking line. Cause I don't think we have the talent to be a four line deep team. So that's how they should style their team. And if that's the case, then Skinner and cousins should be on the same line. And then ideally I would have liked the center to be cousins and then have roots sure. line in, of course, but uh, we can't have nice things. So we'll have to deal with <laughs> Riley Shahan. Yeah, and I would hope that, like, say, let's say Lazar, for instance, uh, does get ready in time to play, and they want him in the lineup. I, I kind of like him down the middle more than Cousins and Skinner. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm being pretty nitpicky if I'm deciding between Curtis Lazar and Riley Sheehan, but I, I just don't want to see Cousins come out of the lineup for Curtis Lazar because now we're not we're not benefiting Cousins by sitting on the sidelines and not playing. That doesn't do anything for his development. And Ralph Kruger said today he's game ready, so that shouldn't be a problem that he missed part of training camp, especially when he was in the World Juniors playing amazing. Uh, Lazar, though, had a, an overachieving type season as a goal scorer last season. I mean, he was... Think of back in his career a couple of years ago. For Ottawa, he was a hot prospect. He was a first-round pick that was playing on a line with Connor McDavid at the World Juniors, and people thought he was going to be a real player in this league. And last year, again, it's nothing to write home about, but five goals in 38 games on very limited ice time, 11 minutes per night. I mean, goals per 60 minutes, that's actually near the top of the team last season. So I'm not expecting him to put up even 15 goals probably with uh, – with a with a Skinner Cousins line, but I just I think he would be less of a disaster offensively. I guess I'm saying than Shahan would be, who is only here I think to kill penalties, and <laughs> they do need to fix their penalty kill. Like I don't yeah. want to just discount that because they were second from the bottom in hockey last year, and if you look at Linus Allmark's save percentage, he was seventh in the league in five on five save percentage. But why did he finish middle of the league in 
in save percentage overall, it was because that number sank to the bottom when it came to the Sabres being shorthanded. So they allowed quality opportunities, but at the same time, you should find that from within. I don't think you need to put better players on it. Put Eichel more on the penalty kill than you would have in the past because that'll fix it, I think, with that reach and just him having the puck for any extra second that these other guys wouldn't. So I, I think the investment in the penalty kill has gone too far, I guess, if Riley Sheehan and Curtis Lazar are playing over Dylan Cousins. And that's yeah. kind of think where I leave it. I just don't think, though, I imagine Cousins has to play every every game. Yep. I think he's an every game player. I don't I don't see Kruger doing that. If he does, like I'm starting mm-hmm. to think towards fireable territory. Like it's <laughs> oh, just getting God. like no, I mean I don't want to <laughs> yeah, be that yeah, guy because yeah. no, obviously it's an overreaction, but it's like mm-hmm. like he'll that'll be like one of the final straw. Like I'm just getting sick of his line. Yeah. I just don't I don't get it. I don't there's no it's rational strange. There's no rationale that I can I can think of it where like even like Housley, I got it like he wanted to do a certain thing. Lindy, I usually understood his line moves. Um, Kruger's, I I'm always at a blank, even though I think the top six, like the top six, I get like I think it's OK. Mm. If Dave Thompson looks that good, like give him a shot. Yeah. Very brief timeout here. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about the defense pairings that the Sabres have. They have not moved. So I think we know what they are for Thursday night against the Washington Capitals. And then a preview of the New Jersey Devils, our final team to preview in the Sabres East Division. That's coming up on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Are we ready for some football? College football is right at the national championship, and there are some big matchups this weekend with the NFL regular season over and the first round of the playoffs over. There is one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Big game this week between the Bills and Ravens on Saturday night. The Bills open as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but there could be some weather in play that might lean you towards Baltimore, a more run-heavy offense. The bad weather could fit them more than the Bills, who are one of the most pass-heavy offenses in the league. So that might be a line you want to look at right now. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. Welcome back to the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. It's not too late if you want to check out our 31 NHL previews on the Locked On NHL podcast with host Sarah Ambipato. So go ahead, check out the Locked On NHL podcast from last week. Today on the on the national show, me and Mike DiStefano went over some betting odds uh, for individual awards and our Stanley Cup pick. So you can check that out there. Um, but let's get to the Sabres blue line. I think we know what it looks like. It's been this way really for a few days now, maybe even over a week. It's been the same pairings of Jake McCabe and Rasmus Ristolainen, Rasmus Dahlin and Brandon Montour, and then Colin Miller on his offside with Henry Yoki Haru. And I, I, is it crazy? I think their most balanced pair might be the one that plays the least. I really like the Colin Miller, Henry Yoki Haru pairing. They are both good puck movers. You know, they are both pretty good in the offensive zone, and they're very good at getting the puck out of their own zone, but I think they'll come in last when, when you look at time on ice, I think 
Montour, this is like a real test for him. You know, he's on a one-year contract, and I'm not sure many, whether it be fans or even the organization, like who sees Brandon Montour being a big part of this team's future. So if he wants to be a part of that, you would think starting the year with Rasmus Dahlin is like that's the real test for him. No. Yeah, it seems like they they're putting a lot of faith in him. Um, unless they think Darlene, unless I guess it could be the opposite too, is that they think Darlene will be able to mask Montour's flaws. Maybe if that's what they're thinking that way. Um, but I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of staggering your groups, like not just having like an overpower line defensive mm-hmm. pairing. Um, cause that would, that would mean if you're doing it that way, you have Darlene Yogi Haru, right? And you play him a ton of minutes, um, which is, you know, that's a lot on a 20 year old and a 21 year old. Um, so I guess they're thinking let's pair each of them with a veteran, um, let them kind of shine a little bit and then trust the veteran to hang, hang back and, you know, be steady Eddie out there. Uh, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I think it's, it's a, it's a risk cause you could end up just making every pairing bad. Um, but I, I get I get the rationale. I think the the scary part is that the line I think is the worst is going to get the most playing time. <laughs> I agree. I think McCabe <laughs> Ristolainen is going to get the most playing time. And unless if Darlene is so good, they just can't keep him off the ice. That really could do it. And I think he has that capability. I think he started to show signs that he's approaching that at the end of last season. So I'm hoping that Darlene Montour will be the pairing because I don't really have much confidence that at all that Miller Yoki Haru would be it, even though I think they deserve probably 20 minutes a night off their play last season. And Miller is the perfect guy also to play on his offside because he's got the, I think even over Ristolainen, he's got the biggest shot on their blue line. And for him to be on his one timer all the time, at least for the offensive zone, uh, I think they could really do wonders for the Sabres. Uh, And then a little bit deeper in the blue line, there are still three other defensemen, left and this will kind of lead us to I guess a conversation about who their seventh is and then who's on the taxi squad the taxi squad will travel with the team uh, or will not travel with the team but they'll be with the team uh, practicing separately and then if there is a COVID uh, breakout or if there are injuries then they'll come into the lineup so like we know Jack Quinn Ralph Kruger said Jack Quinn will be on that unit and it looks like maybe Rasmus Asplin Casey Middlestat will as well for the blue line who's going to be the seventh because if you think back to when about a week ago, a week or two ago, when me, you, your brother, and then our buddy Z did our Sabres opening lineup draft, we were kind of taking flyers at the end on who the Sabres seventh defenseman will be. And like Matt Irwin got picked and Brandon Davidson got picked. And those are two of those other extra three defensemen. But how about Will Borgen sticking with the club through these these Rochester cuts? I mean, he was a prospect of note in the past couple of years. He's kind of flown under the radar because of his lower draft capital fifth round. But he is with Irwin on the fourth defense pair at practice. And that's a guy with upside. So if someone gets hurt, maybe Borgen is the guy. And I don't know how much you've seen of him. I've even seen him sparingly. I I would never think he's going to be like some top four defenseman. But. You know, I mean, maybe he could be a second pair guy, but he's big and he's physical and it looks like he can move the puck pretty well. So I if you know me, if you listen to me enough and you listen to Jordan enough, I think we're going to be on the same page here that if if one of these guys has got to be the seventh, 
give me the guy that's got upside, right? Yeah, not just upside, but give me the guy that's like hungry. Um, Matt Irwin, I mean, mm-hmm. good career. Like he's thirty three. Um, Matt Irwin's not hungry. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I got to see him eat first. Uh, but uh, I, I, I like the idea of playing the twenty four year old kid. That's you know that's been that's been a good soldier in the minors and has worked at his game, right? If, yeah, if he's that's good a great enough point. To be the, if he's good enough to be on the taxi squad, if he's if he finally got to this point where he's like like the eighth defenseman in the organization, just make him the seventh over the thirty three year old guy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's my opinion. I, I think that I'd like to give Will Borgen a shot. Um, are you fascinated with the Jack Quinn being on the taxi squad? Or I am. Just, or is it just the fact that there's no OHL to put him in? No, I, I maybe that is part of it. I really thought that they would find a place in Europe for him, but I guess it could be that there was no place in Europe for him or that just didn't come to fruition. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder even if he'll get a game or two at some point and maybe we'll get a look at what Jack Quinn is uh, at, at this early on in his career at the NHL level, because I, it'd be hard for me to see that them just keeping him at practices for two months and not playing him at all. I mean, maybe he gets a couple games, but, it is interesting to me that and he did play really well in that scrimmage, you know, like he played really well in that scrimmage. So um, a little surprising, but not right? stunning. The older. Prospect. No, I mean, he was, I mean, old by this past draft status. So I mean, right. Okay. He, he was like, yeah, 300 days older than these other kids. Joe DiBiase, Jordan Hanskin on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Our final East Division preview, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Lindy Ruff. Hit, enters his first season as New Jersey's head coach. I was starting to wonder if he would get another job. He will, and that's good if you want to see him finish in the top five for all-time coaching wins. That's something I've been tracking. He is 46 wins behind L. Arbor for fifth. He's 113 wins behind Ken Hitchcock for fourth, and this is a shortened year. So what are we looking at, Jordan? Like three, three seasons he's got to get through, and I think you got to make the playoffs one of those to, to get through them. Yeah, three three seasons. What is 113 wins? It's like three seasons. You're you gotta get up to like close to 40 wins each time. Yeah, so he might, be, might be tough. Really I, think he, I think he needs that fourth year to get the Hitchcock. And that might be tough with this team. They do have some good young talent. Two first overall picks: Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer. I think we have a good idea of what Heischer is at this point. Kind of a second tier uh, center in the league, but a very good one. And then Hughes, we're still waiting to see what the upside is. I mean, not an overly impressive rookie year, but he did show flashes. So, I mean, aren't they just kind of waiting on those two though, especially Hughes, because the rest of this team, like the, the goalie situation, now that Corey Crawford has retired. There's nothing here that I really love, and that's why I think most people have them below the Sabers in their season projections. Yeah, that uh, I actually read a saw an article about the Devils saying that their GM strategy is wait for Hughes, Hirscher, and uh, you know the the rest of their the rest of their like young the stars, young guys. and then yeah. make their then make their push. Um, so this year is just kind of you know developmental stage. Uh, for them, which is good for the Sabres in the fact that we might still have the, you know, the rebuilding team to mm-hmm. to kind of bully up on. Um, yeah, that's like I think in the division too, like that matters. It's kind of like in soccer, like to win the championship or to get to the highest parts of the standings, you have to just you can't afford to slip up 
against the, mm-hmm. the the bottom feeders. You have to you have to win every time. Right. Um, Jesper Bratt is another good young player for them. Pavel Zaka is a guy that's shown some flashes. Uh, Jesper Boquist, like they, they're they're reaching into the prospect pool at forward. They do have a good young core forwards though. And then the blue line is kind of older. Twenty eight plus years old is their average. Twenty eight point one. I mean, PK Subban is leading the way there. He's got two years left on a nine million dollar deal. He is not worth that money at this stage in his career. If anyone watched Subban closely last year, I mean, those hip injuries look like they've taken a toll because he just does not seem to be able to move like he did was when he was an elite defenseman a few years back. And that was a trade when it happened. Remember when that happened? It was like PK Subban for a second round pick. Like, why weren't the Sabres yeah. in on that? And now it's like, I don't want to pay that guy nine million dollars. Right, it seems like the devil or the the predators knew uh, yeah. what was going down. Um, I yeah. see, I see no leg- Sabers legend Dmitry Kulikov from landed on his feet. He did. Um, so overall for this team, where are we in agreement that they are? I think I'm most sure than obviously anybody else in this division. The Sabers will be better than them. Yeah, they're expected last. I think that's a, that's about right. Um, just because you you kind of know like their goal isn't even to make the playoffs this year, they're like they're like announcing it to the world, right? It's just like the expectation. <laughs> they're rebuilding, yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, poor Lindy Ruff. Uh, cool on him though. He was wearing a Bills mask at uh, Devils practice the other day. Yeah, so. go Lindy. He's stick sticking to his local roots. So yeah, I'm rooting for Lindy. Um, but yeah, so there's our final preview. Thanks everybody for listening to today's episode and we will talk to you tomorrow. This has been the Lockdown Savers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network.